Welcome to Backlabel Branding with Sydney Muntianu. On this podcast, I'm interviewing some of the leading women in the food and beverage space, talking to them about how they got started, what they did to build their brands initially, how they are pivoting now in our time of a COVID pandemic, and what they're paying attention to in terms of marketing strategy, tools and tricks they use, and who they're looking to for inspiration. I am so excited to share this episode today. I'm talking to Montana's hospitality hostess, blogger, and Instagram influencer herself, Hillary Folkward. Hillary manages the Sacagawea Hotel and RSVP Motel in Bozeman, the latter of which she concepted, designed, and remodeled as a very Palm Springs meets Montana vibe. And with her sister as her business partner, the two of them manage all of these properties, operations, and marketing. And a recent addition, the Farmer's Daughter Cafe, was a passion project that Hillary opened two years ago next to RSVP Motel. It features a menu inspired by the recipes from her kitchen, as well as her travel. So she's got lots of tips to share on hospitality, cooking, and creating healthy meals inspired by travel. In this episode, we also talk about the roller coaster of a ride COVID has brought to the hospitality business. For Hillary, she gave birth to her baby boy a week before lockdown and then had to go on to furlough their entire staff. But on the flip side, has now begun to see sold out bookings and record sales through the end of the summer and moving into the end of the year. So it's kind of crazy to talk to her about how they pivoted and took advantage to really reintroduce the brand and the operations to new travelers. Um, Hillary is also a self-proclaimed oversharer through her blog, Lady H Life, where she gives insights to her mom life and entrepreneurship. So of course, we had to dig into marketing on Instagram and how she has used it to build both a lifestyle brand of her own and bring in revenue for both of her businesses. I'm so excited about this one and hope you enjoy listening. Where are you today? Let's just sort of ground it in a moment in time. I am at the Farmer's Daughters Cafe upstairs. So it's kind of our headquarters where my sister and I work. It's a communal workspace, which is great. Um, And we kind of run the Sacagawea from here as well, which is great. We can do a lot remote. But I do spend about three days a week out in Three Forks right now, just making sure things are going smoothly there as well. So we kind of split our time here and there. Do you and your sister work together on both properties? We do. So she does all the sales and events and all of the property revenue management. And then I do all the operations. So I'm more of in charge of managing the people and making sure the guests are happy and things like that. That's a huge job. But, yeah. <laughs> so we both have our skill set and she's so good with like tech. So she handles all the tech stuff and I can handle the people problems and <laughs> it's a good balance. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I want to dig in and ask you about this journey. I think myself, like many people, probably know about you more from your sort of your lifestyle content, your beautiful blog um, and photography that you share on your Instagram account. The little that that I know, it, it seems like that started a bit before you got into hospitality in the food industry. Is is that the case? Take me through like how did the blog come about and, and how, why in the world did you decide to open a hotel and now a cafe and um, get into this business? 
<laughs> what a lot of people ask me is why would you open up your life and put it on the internet? I'm like, I know some days it's crazy. And there's some days I'm like, I cannot be on Instagram. I cannot post another photo today. Um, but the whole reason behind it, I was, I was doing all the marketing for Sacagawea hotel. 10 years ago, we started, um, our first boutique property and it was really interesting. The property is, you know, a legend around our, our small town and it was going to be turned into a rest home training facility. And someone came to my parents and said, Hey, you guys really should do this. You should do this project. Um, it's 38 rooms. Give it a shot. We knew nothing about hospitality. I was in grad school at the time and I was living my life in Denver, just living large. I was like, I'm never coming home. And I was very independent. I'm like, I'm not working for the family business. And they said, please come back and get us going with this project. I said, I know nothing about hospitality. They said, you'll be fine. Just figure it out. So I was 23 and I was like, I'm coming back for one year. And here I am 10 years later, but we opened up the Sacagawea and it was a labor of love to start. Those first few years were blood, sweat, and tears, but we figured it out. And we kind of started the business from the ground up. Um, and it was a really interesting process along with the branding. And I was really into the marketing and the branding. Well, along those same times, you know, Instagram was becoming this big thing. And I was loving seeing other business owners and mainly female business owners, seeing the person behind the brand. It started with Annie Lawless and she was one of the founders of Suja Juice. And as you know, I love green juice. And um, her story was so interesting and I was so fascinated by her business, but then I got into learning more about herself and why she started this business. And I was loving her lifestyle brand of the travel and like the health and wellness. And I said, I could do this. And this could be a really good addition to um, some of our projects and what we want to do in the future. And you know, how do you kind of make it more realistic and be like, this is the, the crazy part behind the business. This is my life behind it. But this is like, you know, that, that what, what you put out there to the media is like, oh, this, this perfectly ran business. And you're like, that is not it. You got to follow me on Instagram to see all the craziness behind it. So that's where it started with the lifestyle brand. And it just kind of morphed into more, um, more lifestyle and sharing more of my life than I imagined. But it's been really great. And it's opened up a lot of doors. And it's been really fun to be able to put my creativity into something like that. Um, versus like the day-to-day -day of running a business in terms of hospitality hotels. I love Annie Lawless and Suja Juice, and she's she's definitely a fun one to follow. I think you are a bit unique too in that you have, um, you live in Montana and you have a different lifestyle aspect to show. I, I think, you know, we, we are so blessed with, with this place we live in, but it feels a bit at least from, from the scenery, it's like a place people go to travel and, and show um, even other lifestyle bloggers or influencers, whatever you want to call them. Have you found that um, people are specifically drawn to sort of the Montana aspects of it? Um, because it, you do talk about travel and about other things. Like how much does that matter, I guess? I didn't realize it until I really got into it with the blog that how amazing Montana is and how it's such a small niche. And as you know, like being from Montana, we're always like five years behind. So it's like Montana's kind of been like this untouched space mm -hmm. and people are so curious about it. I mean, it's such a hot spot right now. People are like, we got to see the West and, and Montana so pristine. And I think that was kind of made my brand a little un more unique is that here, you know, you're starting a luxury hotel brand, but you're from Montana and isn't Montana just like horses and cows and, and how does that all work? And, and I know for me personally, I appreciate it so much more living here and raising my kids here and just sharing that with people of this beautiful open space. And, you know, we social distance anyways. I mean, during quarantine, we're like, Oh, we're, this is normal, <laughs> you know, no big deal. So it's been really interesting. I think, you know, for anyone starting a brand or a blog and 
everyone always says it's so oversaturated. I go, it's not oversaturated. You just have to find your niche and you have to find something unique about what you want to share with people. And I think anyone can do that in any capacity. We're all very different in that way. And, and how do we bring um, good value-added information to people versus just like ads in their face and just like, you know, kind of the same content you see over and over again. How can we be unique and share what, what our gifts are to the world? Yeah, totally. If you could um, pinpoint, I guess, your, your avatar, reader, follower to that point of finding your niche, like who, who would that be for Lady H? I mean, I definitely have a big mom following because I'm a mom. I have two kids mm. now, which is um, the light of my life and they're everything. Um, but I really hope that I, I can talk to, you know, younger girls in their 20s. Like I was so confused about what I want to do. And Montana at the time seemed so small. And I was like, you know, how can I talk to the younger girls and be like, you can do anything here. Like Montana is so unique or, or how can you, you know, keep pushing and, and, and finding your niche and and how do you dream big in your 20s, you know, when it's so scary and it's like, take risks. And it's like, how can I reach some of those young girls and say, you can have a family and you can run a business and you can do these things. It's crazy, but you can do it, you know, and, and how can I reach out to those guys and, and really inspire them? Yeah, definitely. And do you find that that's often, that, that truly is your audience and who you engage with the most. And, and also something I've, I'm curious and have been asking a couple people specifically in this moment in time is where do you engage the most and what platform seems to be working right now? Has that changed with COVID or anything in, in regards to things you are doing digitally or the content you're creating? I mean, it's good and bad, but people are on social media now more than ever, especially through COVID. And I'm sure every so-called influencer out there, which I do not call myself an influencer. I'm more of like an overshare because I like <laughs> I share random things and hopefully you like them. But um, over COVID, it was just crazy. The more the engagement and we needed that human interaction. And, it, and, you know, it feels like, and I reach out to big time bloggers and they are always so kind to write back. And I think that's so unique when someone actually responds and say, Hey, I'll take time out of my day to give you some advice or share this with you or share a link with you, whether that be. And I think that's really important. And, um, you know, Instagram, I think is definitely the platform that I focus on the most. I think the engagement's so easy and quick. It's wild how quick, how quick information can share. And, um, I think it's a beautiful platform, but you got to use it. You know, there's some days I'm like, it is not an Instagram day. Just get off the gram. Like, you know, whether you're just like having a bad day or you're just like, you get on there and you're like, she looks better than me. Or they're, you know, on a fun vacation. You're like, maybe that's not the day for Instagram. So I always like to tell like anyone, like such my younger readers and be like, some days just get off that platform and just give yourself a break and be like, it's okay. I'll figure it out tomorrow. <laughs> oh, I hear you 100%. Um, and it's, it's so funny because we're like, oh, the algorithm and we have to keep it up or else we're going to, you know, kick ourselves, but you, you need it. Um, yeah, I, I was moving the past four days and I was like, I just don't have time for anything else. And it actually felt so nice and it's especially anyone who's sort of in this marketing world, especially I feel like we pay so much attention to it and put maybe too much value on it. Right. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And I, I love Instagram too. And a lot of the things you do and share are so visual. So that makes sense. That, that's a big platform for you. And what I didn't know is that a lot of the inspiration behind it was wanting to share this aspect of, of being a business owner or showing the mess behind. It sounds like perhaps that might've been your original intention and, and it sort of morphed into a, a much more holistic platform, but kind of to segue into, into the business when it comes to crossover and um, perhaps 
social media or ways you market the businesses, is there crossover from personal to those places or um, do they sort of, are they sort of their own entities and are there different channels that you use for the business side? It's crazy. It is kind of wild how many hotel rooms I book just via my own personal Instagram where people are finding my personal page and then finding the hotels or the cafes. Yeah. So the mix between the two has been really beautiful. It's, it's worked really well in that regard. Um, and also just being able to quickly share, not, I don't overshare things on our business on my personal page, but just snippets and be like, hey, we have a new product we just launched, you've got to try this, or we have some hotel deals going on. I think those are like little bits that people want to see. And it's really interesting how quick things can fly. I mean, if I post a salad, you know, that I had that day from our cafe, we sell out of that that day, which is, I mean, the power of social media is just wild, right? And we've teamed up with some really amazing influencers here in town. And the same thing is they'll come in, they'll order a certain, you know, item, they'll post about it and we sell out of that item that day. So power of it's really amazing. And I personally like to see what people eat. I personally like to see like, what are they ordering? And I'm the same. Like if I see someone, you know, ordering something from somewhere in town, I'm like, I'm going to get that. Like, that's amazing. So I think that's really powerful. And so that's been really interesting um, to see how the two worlds have kind of combined and how they kind of overlap yeah. in this kind of beautiful mess. And, and like I said, you know, I like to show kind of the mess behind it because Instagram is so beautiful and so perfect. And I like to make things pretty and I like to post pretty photos. Um, that's just kind of where my brain works. But at the same time, I like to see people being real and be like, hey, I have employee problems. Um, I hope I can make payroll this week. Um, you know, all these things that those of us as business owners that we deal with and be like, hey, you're not alone. And that's the one thing that a lot of people, you know, reach out and say, thank you for sharing that because I'm in the same boat. I'm having a hell of a week with work with employees and, and we're all in this together. And that's kind of nice to know that you're not by yourself through this whole crazy world. Oh, that's so funny. Um, you know, that the... It, it really helps <laughs> at least for a moment in time for people to come in and, and, um, and order what, what you had or what other people were talking about. I want to ask you a little bit about this past couple months and what it's been like being in a hospitality business. And I'm not totally sure if the, the farmer's daughter, like has a, it probably has a much more stronger local, um, contingent of customers just because it's, it's a cafe versus a hotel. But, what's it been like? And I, at least where, where I live in Montana, I'm, I'm sure it's, it's similar there as well, but I feel like any of these destination places that have access to outdoors have, have sort of seen an uptick, but it's been a crazy year with COVID. So what has sort of been your biggest takeaways over the past couple months? What things have you changed or, um, have been maybe maybe surprising in terms of what's working either from a marketing perspective or just even operational. I had a baby a week before the world shut down. My son Henry was born a week before the world shut down and the world went nuts and um, right before we closed our businesses down and went into quarantine and during that time I mean it was like so deja vu because I was so tired just had a brand new baby I'm like what's going on and I'm not at the business to help them shut this place down it was pretty wild um but my maternity leave went from two weeks to three months which there's silver lining and everything right um but trying to reopen our business was an absolute struggle you know we furloughed everyone on our team and then everyone started collecting unemployment and then trying to bring everyone back. No one wanted to come back to work June 1. And 
it was a really tough time trying to figure out how we're going to run this business. So it was really just my sister and I, who's my business partner saying, all right, we're opening our doors June one, here we go. We'll figure it out. And we, um, we have a completely new team and I will say it's all been for the better. You know, sometimes it's nice just to kind of refresh things. And, um, it's taught me a lot about being a business owner and how I want to interact with my team and how um, we're all on the same level and we all just like want to work together on this and how we keep the morale up. And it's really opened my eyes and changed the way that I want to lead our, our team. We have 80 employees between the two um, hotels and, and restaurants. So that was really interesting. We said, all right, we'll see what happens. We could be super slow and we're, we might write 2020 off because who knows, we could just be um, unable to pay our bills. And then the tourists started coming like crazy. It was the middle of June and all of a sudden we are sold out week after week. We are going, what is going on? I mean, we've been sold out for the last three weeks, three months, excuse me. And I think people just want a little bit of the wild west and you can come out here. And like I said, you can social distance. You don't have to see a person um, while you're out here, which is great. And we've done a ton of things in the hotel to really help that. We do a contactless check-in um, service. So we just text guests their room number um, and their key code and they're good to go. They don't even have to come to the front desk. We do a stock the bar, stock the pantry, stock, stock the fridge, whatever you guys want before um, people arrive. So that's always kind of a nice amenity if they don't want to um, come into the cafe or anything like that. So we've, we figured out some ways to make people feel really safe um, while keeping our team safe. The great part about RSVP Motel, it is a motor in, so there, there's no lobby, there's no hallways. It's really easy that people can just be outdoors. And as we know, being outside feels so much better right now than being inside. Same thing with our cafe. We moved most of our dining experience outside, which now that the weather is turning cooler, we're getting very nervous about that. Um, but we've had record sales and it's been absolutely wild. And I think we have, we were all very cooped up in our homes, especially those that live in cities. I'm like, we have to get out of here. And road trips are kind of where they've been this, they've been awesome this summer. And I know that Montana's thriving. I know tourism is also up in Montana, which is pretty wild as well. Um, but we are very grateful for the tourists here and, and everyone's been very kind. I think it's a very interesting time where people are just having a lot more compassion for one another. I hope anyways. Um, that we've all been through a really difficult few months. And so it's been very refreshing to see that there's a lot of promise and hope to keep our businesses running. And then we have a few new projects um, on the docket right now because people really want to get out to Montana. They want to see what's going on in the West and, and how can we give them a really cool experience. Wow. Oh my goodness. So were those projects in the works before all of this or did it sort of light the fire or, re, or was it something that came out of it? Like, wow, this, this so is the thing. <laughs> had some ideas on in the works prior to COVID. COVID hit and we said, why are we in hospitality? This is insane because every hotel in the world just struggled. I mean, we were all just losing tons of money every single month. And then just kind of seeing how people want to get out, how people want to move and travel was really refreshing. So we've kind of changed our business model and we had a really great discussion in the last few weeks, what that looks like and how we're going to start to expand our brand. And that is in the works for this fall. So we have a couple of projects we're checking out right now. And we really have a theory and philosophy about buying the right projects for the right price, because we want to really fix these places up and make them cool. So if you can buy them for the right price and then put what you need into them to give them the extra love, um, there is the viable uh, model there. Wow. Crazy. That's so exciting. And 
silver linings across the board um, for everyone and and many there's been many challenges that people have had to sort of pivot and figure out how to adapt and I, I think the one interesting and kind of consistent silver lining I've been hearing is this this theme just generally about um, not having to to wait till it's not not to say things are perfect but just to sort of try things and and do things messy or give things a chance and try something where you would have been like oh maybe after we do this project or get it to completion it's just like actually no we just have to try things now who's like my i always call him my business mentor so funny he's like my he's my partner he's amazing and he always says he's like hillary don't waste a crisis like here's an opportunity so don't waste this because there are there is something that you can figure out how to do out of this and and what can you learn from it and how can you thrive and change your business model and things start to change and how can you use that and it's so true it's never a waste of crisis is he involved in the business at all or is he <laughs> he's a wealth manager and he, okay. his firm's actually out of scottsdale but he's really great with numbers and and he's very helpful when we do a lot of these projects on how to finance them and how to get that that messy part figured out and that is so not my area so that's nice just to be like okay look at this let us know if this works and it's been very helpful to have him totally but yeah you're you and your sister seem like you have had quite a year of um reopening probably retraining a lot um and kind of assessing your next growth so that's that's wild and exciting. And um, I can't wait to hear more about those. In terms of both the more, your more recent projects, the hotel and the cafe, I think there were perhaps some blog posts that, um, and videos that I dug up about the remodel, but clearly when your family asked you to come back to Montana and get into hospitality, um, you, you were interested, you found interest in it and it stuck because <laughs> you, you went on to, to stay in the industry and open more projects. But how did that come about? Why, why did you decide to open RSVP Hotel? Um, and then was Farmer's Daughter Cafe a part of that initial project or how did, how did that come about? Well, I love to travel and that's, my passion. I always say like, I don't spend my money on handbags and like shoes. It's like travel. I love, love, love creating experiences. I think, you know, these memories we create when we travel, like they're just irreplaceable. Some of them that I've had with my family, they're just like the best. So that's what we want. That's why I love hospitality. It's like, how can you create an experience for people that is memorable and they, they want to come back, they want to do it again. And, um, and that's really my, my love for what I do. And that's why, you know, starting in this industry, I knew nothing about the background on how to run a hotel, but I knew up front what people wanted. And when they walked in the door, how did they feel? I always believe every hotel should have a signature color, scent, and playlist. And it's like, how do you curate that feeling when people step into their hotel room or step into the lobby? You're like, what, what's the feeling you want to create? So that's, that's my love of what I do. Um, and, and we love great food too, along the way. So Sacagawea Hotel has a really great steakhouse, gourmet, local cuts of meat, and it's just delicious, but it's way different than Farmer's Daughter's Cafe. Farmer's Daughter's Cafe really came from, my, you know, my sister and I are farmer's daughters, and essentially we grew up with homegrown food, and there was no processed foods growing up, and my grandmother cooked great meals, my mom cooked great meals, and I said, you know, Bozeman really needs something like that, but even healthier. You know, how do we show people in Bozeman, because I always say we're always five years behind that 
healthy food doesn't have to taste like healthy food. <laughs> it can still taste really great. And how do we create that for people? And, and how do we create a space that's just very inviting? And there, there at the time, there just wasn't anything in Bozeman that was just white and bright and Instagrammable. And as you know, in marketing, that is everything. You know, people want to take um, photos of their food, but it better be on like a white surface because it just really contrasts really nicely. So that was really important. The type of light bulbs we use are really important because they make the food look really beautiful and they're good for photos. And so that was really a lot behind the marketing plan of the Farmer's Daughters Cafe is we have to make this look really beautiful and aesthetically pleasing and the customers will come. And that's how most people find this is through Instagram and just going to the geotags and, and we're popping up and maybe it catches their eye because it's a, it's a pretty space. And that was a big part of behind it. And then also just having really great food and the right ingredients. We source as much as we can locally, as much as we can organic and things like that. So a lot of moms, we have the moms are our big market and they bring their kids in here and they go, we are so grateful that our kids can come in here and have an actually healthy pancake they don't know it's healthy, but they think they're having a pancake and we feel really good about it too. So that's been important to us. And especially as a mom, I, I know how hard it is, especially traveling is, you know, how do you find decent food while you're on the road? And, and we're creating hopefully that atmosphere and, and that food for people. That's so cool. So yeah, it, it sounds like the sort of Instagram and the, the visual curation that you've done both personally has now expanded into being a, a real driver for, for marketing for the business or the way at least to get word out. Have you done any other sort of paid advertising tests or is our partnerships a part of your branding and marketing or perhaps um, press in any capacity. I'm just curious if if you if you focus or have tested some other things, or if you're like, nope, that doesn't work for us. Yeah, it's been kind of crazy. Sacagawea Hotel, when we first started, we did everything in print. I mean, this was you know 2010, and print worked really well. We still do print out there, and that is wild in this day and age. I mean, I like, cringe to even hear that we're still doing print, but it works with Sacagawea. It's just a different demographic and a different market. It's the people that are still reading the newspapers and they want to feel a newspaper, right? So uh, RSVP has been this completely different marketing model. We do a ton of collaborations with local people, and that has been a huge driving force for us. For example, if you come into our cafe, one of our most sold items is called the Glow Signature Smoothie. There's a local gal in town who does amazing face oils, and they are just so wonderful. I want that on my face right now, speaking of which, but she also cooks really great and very healthy. She cooks for your skin, is what she likes to say is, cooking from the inside out or eating food from the inside out. She just wrote a cookbook and we just did a collaboration January one with her and it was on her whole smoothie recipe. And it is crazy how that collaboration has completely changed our business. We were not prepared to start with, but we launched anyways and we figured it out and it is amazing the response we had. So this glow signature smoothie has blue spirulina in it and blue spirulina, you know, is, is a plant-based um, protein powder, essentially. It's, it's a super food, it's very good for you, but it's hard to source. But it makes this beautiful colored smoothie. And this dang thing went viral. I mean, everyone was posting about it. Everyone's like, okay, I gotta go try this stupid smoothie. But it was crazy. We were selling like 80 of them a day. It was wild. So that was a huge driving force. And we have a couple more collaborations coming up this fall, and I think that's really important. Bozeman, Montana is amazing. There's so much collaboration over competition here with local businesses, and it's really special in that way. And I think that's something that's, that people could really learn from, is partner with another coffee shop, partner with another deli, like work together. There's enough business for you all, but how do you make this 
a really cohesive environment where it's not so cutthroat. And it's, it's kind of beautiful what kind of collaborations can come out of that. I, I agree 100%. That's, that's sort of my ethos when it comes to just my, my own individual marketing projects with my clients and um, something I advocate the fastest way to grow truly is to be friendly and to work with other people and not to steal their customers, but like find people who are doing things either similar than you that you admire, or if there are other businesses that are talking to other people, like do things um, that cross over and, and they'll ultimately help you, you both out or it'll, you know, you'll, you'll find your time, it'll, it'll come a day where then you have to repay them um, or you're going to give some, bring something to the table. And I believe a lot in that. And I don't know, maybe that's a Montana thing or Mount, I, I grew up in Colorado and I know when I moved to Los Angeles to kind of kickstart my true marketing career and, and I was there for a couple of years, it wasn't, it just wasn't something that came, came naturally um, as much for people. And I don't know, like maybe that is a unique thing. I certainly think um, a place like Montana and because we are, we are smaller, even though Bozeman's one of the, the bigger places, um, you, you kind of have to. One of the, the big things that we train our staff with is, um, you know, with this collaboration is sending our guests to other coffee shops that we want them to check out in the area. Because I think like, the more places that people see, the more flavor that they get and the more culture that they get. And it's really interesting when other coffee shops go, wow, the Farmer's Daughters Cafe sent you over here. We said, yes, we want everyone to see that. Um, the same with other hotels, you know, with guests call in and they, they, they ask about staying with us and maybe our room rates are too high or maybe our rooms aren't the right configuration. We have a list of other hotels that we really love in the area and we absolutely will recommend those to guests. And I think that's also creating um, trusted guests and trusted customers. And they go, wow, that's actually unique for a business to not just be looking for everything as profit, but like how do we create trusted people um, that will be coming back again and again? As far as other businesses have, aside from them just being surprised, has it led to making collaborations easier perhaps or them reaching out? Absolutely. And then, it, you know, we all kind of work together and, you know, a lot of our team, like we become friends with them and we're like, Hey, let's get together for coffee or drinks. And let's talk about what's going on in the industry because we're all going through it together. So it's been a really great partnership. Really cool. That's very unique that you <laughs> send them to other places. I think it's always good to have some ideas in your back pocket of, of course, recommendations for guests, but um, definitely something new that I haven't heard before. Okay. One question that I, I need to ask you since clearly social media is a big part of both your personal business and um, the hotel and, and the cafe. Who who runs your social media? Do you do it all yourself? Do you have a team? <laughs> so my personal brand, I do all of that myself. Um, and it is a big project. Anyone that has a personal uh, Instagram page or even a business and you run it, it's a lot of work. I mean, they're, you know, you wanna be very thoughtful in, in, in what you put out there. Um, and then in terms of our business, we have three Instagram accounts and my sister runs all of them. And oh my gosh, bless her, because that is a lot to run three accounts. Um, so she does all of that for us, which is huge. And she's really good at it. I mean, she, like I said, she's six years younger than me. So she's like 27. So she's in that tech world where they're so good at it. 
and quick and fast and creative. And yeah, she does all, all of that kind of work. And, and then we um, curate together, you know, when we do shoots and things like that and content that we want to put out and kind of that editorial calendar of what's coming up and what we should be promoting. Do you steal ideas for your own account or do you sort of apply at least the, the planning, any of the planning aspects or how, do, how are they similar or different? I would love to say my personal account had this beautiful editorial calendar. It is so random. I mean, I have a few things that I go, oh, I should promote or push. But for the most part, it's like, how do I feel that day? And it's so interesting. Like maybe I'll have something on my, you know, to-do list of, oh, I should post about that. But I go, I don't feel like that at all today. I think I just need to scratch that and just be more just really authentic. And I think, you know, that word is so overused on the internet anymore, but it's so true. It's like, hey, what should you be talking about that? That maybe actually going on in your real life. Um, and so, yeah, so my, my, the personal account is just very much on a whim. It could be, I mean, I'm like the worst blogger out there in terms of this kind of stuff, but, um, it's kind of, yeah, on a whim, what do I feel like today? And, and what, what can I maybe inspire the world today with? That's kind of refreshing. Cause I feel like we hear so often like show up, be consistent, which is, which yeah. is true, but I think consistently authentic and, um, to, to have someone who's like, you know, it's, it's a loose plan. <laughs> yeah. And I can't say, you know, we all know, you know, when your engagement is highest, when you should be posting, but you know, some days I don't get to it till 10 o'clock at night. And I'm like, great, here it goes. Or maybe it's going to be 11 o'clock, you know, in the morning. And I was like, it's a terrible time to post. I go, well, this is when I have time for it. So it's going to go up then and whoever sees it, sees it. <laughs> and I think, you know, I've really gotten away from like the numbers game on Instagram. And I think that for a while, I was so bogged down. I was like, I don't see the growth. I'm not seeing the growth that I want to see. And, you know, at some point you just have to say, Hey, keep doing what you're doing. The people that are following you, they're interested in what you're doing and you will eventually grow. Um, I don't think there's any, you know, um, hack in terms of just like, Hey, getting overnight followers and just, you know, hitting that 10,000 mark. I think it's just really consistent in terms of talking to your audience, you know, engaging and, and, and posting what's true to you. Yeah. That's absolutely true. I wanted to ask you as you were talking, it came to mind, but two things. One, it seems like you are personally shifting and, and sharing more food related content, um, perhaps because you, you aren't traveling as much, but from, from what I've, I've seen of, of the way you've presented your, your personal business, it's, it's a lifestyle and travel place, um, an account. And obviously that ties very much into, into your business, but are, are people like interacting differently now that you're sharing a little bit different types of content? Is that sort of a strategic play by, by any means? <laughs> like I said, I wish I could say it was strategic, but just, I think more so being home during quarantine, you know, I love to cook and it just became, you know, kind of a highlight of our day. And I found that a lot of our readers were like, Hey, I need some inspiration on food and, and how do we make it look pretty? And how do we, you know, kind of create special moments within our homes um, that, that feel really special, even though we're, we're sitting at the same dining room table we sat at every night. So I think that was really what, um, you know, related to people. And it's something that my husband and I love so much. So it's like, it's something what we love to do. We love talking about wine. And my husband started a little series called Cocktails with Nick, which is so funny because, and it pisses me off. He gets more engagement on that than anything I do. And I'm like, gosh, dang it. Of course we do. But, um, he's a really good sport. And um, it's been really fun. Like, and we're learning again, the silver lining that we like to be home on a Friday night, which coming from me, that is crazy. Cause I was never home on a Friday night. Like we're going out, we're going to do something. And, and so, um, yeah, the whole brand's kind of shifted to be like, Hey, home is great. And how do we make home feel special um, all the time? Yeah. 
And I love your phrase of, you know, I've always been, been the girl with a smoothie or a green juice in one hand and a glass of champagne in the other. I was like, my girl. <laughs> you said that the menu at the cafe is, is, is different and a bit innovative, especially for Bozeman. Were you, did you have a hand in creating the menu? All the recipes were, were my recipes that we just made so much better. I have a chef who works with us at Sacagawea. And here he's been here 10 years and he is absolutely incredible. And granted, when I brought to him a lot of these health foods, and I don't always like to say the vegan foods, but it's it's very like plant focused with some really great um, quality meats in there too. He's like, oh no, what are we doing? And then after we got into it, he goes, this food is really amazing. Um, so for, I knew we were going to open this restaurant for like two years. So we would go on research trips to California. Um, we loved going down to Austin, Texas. And just kind of seeing what everyone else is doing down there and getting ideas on like how to make beautiful salads and, and taking a lot of things that I make at home. Like my husband says, the best thing I make is a dang salad. It's like the silliest thing. But I said, we can make them really good here too. So for example, one of my favorite salads is in Scottsdale, Arizona. The restaurant's no longer open, unfortunately, but they made this great Stetson salad. And so it became our signature salad, but it's way healthier. Like theirs had a bunch of dairy and a bunch of like wheat and a bunch of things that we don't eat all the time so we like curate it to be our own like healthy version and it's one of our our best sellers um i love kale salad which is so weird but it has to be like massaged correctly and cut up correctly and so we recreated a um a, a veggie kale salad that's amazing and you're like wait a second the kale actually tastes good and so a lot of these things that we were just making at home you know smoothie bowls smoothies i've been making smoothies at our house and and we just kind of made them better here and made them more marketable and palatable to people. And, and it's been really interesting. A lot of the pastries, you know, they're all gluten-free. Um, so just really getting creative and being like, hey, this muffin tastes like a muffin, um, but it's pretty healthy in there too. So um, yeah, a lot of the, a lot of menu items came from, just, you know, trying things at home, protein balls, things like that, that, that we're all making at home, but how do we buy them when we're traveling? Yeah, totally. Um, it, this sort of leads me to the last few questions, actually, but I, I love that you, you went on research trips and, and found inspiration in different places. Right now, where, where are you finding inspiration? Who are you watching? What social media yeah. accounts are you loving um, or obsessed with? In, it doesn't have to be food-related. It yeah. could just be <laughs> indulgences. Well, you know, food-related Sakura Life, if you guys follow them, I mean, they're incredible. And they've kind of expanded their brand from a home delivery food service to a cookbook and all those things. And I think um, that there might be a cookbook in our future, hopefully. So I think that's the direction that I like to take. Um, but my favorite account for food is called Ice Moon. And you guys have to check her out. It's, she makes the most beautifully curated food. And she makes every dish. You just want to eat it. And um, she's definitely like my go-to inspiration right now for dinners at home, Sunday suppers, we like to call them, or a really great brunch. And then there's one other, it's called Sunday Suppers. It's a book and we sell it here too. And their book, their cookbook is the most beautiful cookbook you've ever seen, but it's really, it was great during quarantine because they have, okay, if you want to go on a road trip, here's what you should make. Or if you want to go have breakfast on the side of a mountain, here's a great menu. And I think that was, um, that was a huge inspiration for me. And I think moving forward, if we do more food related things, I like to curate menus for people, not just a dish, but be like, here's a starter, here's your side, here's your salad, here's your protein or whatever you want to serve with it. So I think that's a really interesting direction that I'm kind of hoping that some of my recipes will go that are more like, here's a full menu for your, your gatherings, your friends and family. So maybe there'll be a cookbook someday. Maybe. Uh, I love that. What, um, if you had to 
turn around and make a menu tonight or tomorrow, what would be your, your go-to um, list of a, of a curated menu? Oh my gosh, things that I'm loving right now. Well, because it's summer and I just love, you know, we love eating a lot of fish and a lot of fresh fish. Um, doing a scallop dish with like a corn salad would be really lovely. And then maybe some grilled asparagus with that. And it's a really fresh, easy salad. My salads are usually three ingredients at home, arugula, um, pepitas, avocado, and then just like olive oil and lemon juice. And it's so simple and so good. So I would keep it really fresh and light right now. Um, but moving into fall, I love soups. Soups are my favorite. We make a lot of bone broth and we sell a lot of bone broth at the cafe. And all of my soup at home is made with a bone broth base. And it just makes it so creamy. And I like fall weather for food. I know. I can't, I can't wait. I'm like, it's, we're going to be inundated and, and absorbed in all things pumpkin, but I'm <laughs> ready for it. <laughs> you said that you think every hotel should have a signature color set and playlist. And, and what is, what is that for our VP yeah. hotel and, so, and Sacagawea if you have one? Yeah. You'll see at RSCP, I mean, there's a lot of pink. So we use a lot of different colors of pink. It's very feminine, but it's very fun. I mean, the whole inspiration behind this project was Palm Springs meets Montana kind of feel. Um, so there's a lot of pink and some really um, pretty greens. Um, so our signature scent is a sweet grapefruit and it's really lovely. Um, and then our playlist, um, we have a really, um, we like good French music that's upbeat. So we play a lot of French upbeat music. Um, as well as, you know, the new Taylor Swift album. So it's everything kind of from these genres. We curate some really great playlists that I should share on Spotify that are really fun. And you just kind of have that vibe. Sacagawea is so different. You know, it's so elegant. It's 1910. It's just a different feel. So as you come in, it's this really rustic scent that also kind of reminds you of like the Old West, but it's really elegant all at the same time. Um, the playlist is Frank Sinatra to like old country. That's kind of our genre there. And then our color scheme there are just warm colors. They're warm tans, warm creams, warm browns. Um, again, it just kind of has like that luxury feel. I love it. Sounds very um, Yellowstone-esque, which speaking of being behind five years, I just got into that series. <laughs> and people ask, have asked me all the time, it's like, you live in Montana, do you watch it? And um, yeah, for whatever reason, the past month I finally did it, I'm obsessed. <laughs> So good. I totally agree. Oh, so good. <laughs> My last question here is, is more about what you're, what are you looking forward to? You alluded to a couple of, you know, maybe expansion, a new location, perhaps a cookbook, but as far as maybe through the end of this year, what are you looking forward to? Definitely ready for our next project, our next motel project. And that is in the works right now. So um, just expanding that brand and just having something on the horizon. We know that these projects take such a long time. So we're like, where's our next location? Where is the next spot that's going to really hopefully be a home run and also a huge risk all at the same time? It sounds crazy. Um, but then also doing another cafe along with that. We think that um, our model here is um, can be replicated. And um, so we're hoping to start another project this fall. So hopefully if we have it started in the fall. We'll finish up. It'll take a year or two. So um, kind of finding the next, the next home suite hotel, we call it. I love it. And um, will are you looking in locations close in and around Bozeman or are you open to other areas? Yeah, we're actually um the one that we're looking at is outside of Montana. Um, but ah. then we have other spots in Montana right now. I think Montana is just so unique and I think there's a lot of opportunity. So I think that's where we want to focus. But there's a couple places outside of Montana that have kind of been untouched. And I think with what's going on in the world, we're gonna continue to see 
people traveling to this part part of part of our country. Oh yeah. Oh, totally. And I, I think, um, yeah, it's probably only opened the floodgates a little bit more, but I appreciate it. I think it's nice to see that people want to reconnect with nature a little bit more and explore their own backyards. Um, I am an avid traveler and I'm starting to get the bug again, but at the same time, it's been fun to explore closer places. And I love chatting with you, but where, where can people find you? Where can they look out for, for the next home sweet hotel? <laughs> oh, you can find me just on Instagram at Hillary Folkford. It's just my name. And the blog is ladyh.light. And then otherwise RSVP motel is usually the home base for a lot of things. And from there you can find Sacagawea hotel and we'll have some updates on what, what's kind of coming next. Um, but just really trying to expand the brand and see where that goes. Fingers crossed. I feel like Hillary is a true taste of the Wild West, or at least that's what she's creating with her brands and her businesses. Some really cool takeaways in this episode about how to bridge personal branding with business branding. And I felt really inspired by some of those insights and hope you liked it too. Some takeaways that I gleaned from our chat were her tips, well, really her husband's advice on don't waste a crisis and how she used this time to completely refresh. You know, it was tragic that at the start of COVID they had to let go of everyone, but then once they saw that they were able to reopen, they utilized it as a time to completely refresh the business, bring in a new team, bring in a new way of leading and think about how she did that herself. And then certainly with, um, the new operations in place that they had to practice and, and how that's actually become helpful for them as a business. I also loved her philosophy on that hospitality is about experiences and that part of her brand guide, so to speak, includes creating a signature color, scent, and playlist for all of her properties. So, you know, for RSVP, Motel, that's the color pink, it's the scent of sweet grapefruit, that's upbeat French music meets the new Taylor Swift album. But if you look at the Sacagawea Hotel, for example, that's a lot different. You know, it's Frank Sinatra, it's a little bit more Western and leather. So such a cool concept to include the senses in branding. I also loved her thoughts on thinking about interior decor as marketing as well. And it's important to make it an inviting space for people to come into, but also to make it pretty and photogenic. So for the Farmer's Daughter Cafe, that included lots of white and bright and Instagrammable surfaces. And even thinking about how they used light bulbs and what types of light bulbs they used so that food would look good in photos, which is so smart and fascinating. And in addition, Instagram was a big topic of conversation and just because it's a platform that she's built her own business and brand on and uses a lot, but it was really cool to learn about how it's a big platform for their hospitality business and the cafe and how there's actually a lot of crossover. So using it for um, showcasing the things that she's doing in her life as an entrepreneur and a mom and running the businesses, but utilizing it to also promote new products and flavors or menu items that they have. And the fact that if she posts something or shares something, it ends up getting a lot of 
traction in the cafe and actually seeing a correlation there or how she said, you know, there's so many people who reach out to me about the motel and book it through just following me and connecting with me. So I think that's a really big thing for founders, especially to listen to and to think about. I'm not saying you have to create your own personal brand or become an influencer, but having a face and a presence as part of your brand is super important. And this is just a case in point. And um, just to end on marketing ideas, I loved how she said that collaboration is key when it comes to building her business and building her community and that they even send people to check out other coffee shops or hotels when they're visiting and how that's enabled her to build a community of entrepreneurs that she can speak with and talk to for advice or thinking about, you know, how do we approach this problem or what's going on in your business at this moment in time and how to really work together versus against each other. one more thing before we go if you love this podcast if you think there's someone else in your life that might enjoy listening to this podcast please share and make sure you're subscribed on apple podcasts on spotify wherever you love to listen to podcasts and feel free to drop a rating a five-star rating goes a long way especially for new podcasts and really helps me reach other audiences and share these beautiful and inspiring stories of female founders. So make sure you're subscribed and stay tuned for another episode next Wednesday.